people like to force this dichotomy of, well, I gotta eat the same tuna, twigs, and rabbit food day on and day off this bland cardboard crap every day all the time to lose weight. Or, I eat what I want and get fatter. And this phenomena describes a sort of thing Dr. Cashy calls 99% right and 100% wrong. Let's talk about it. Roll the intro! Welcome to <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And in today's episode, we are staying on task again, again, <laughs> to talk about this there, that there, nutrition stuff. Amazing. Okay. Making our next jump, Dr. Cashy's hierarchy of constructive eating variety. All right. I have everything. This window's screwing with me here. Everyone see me good? Good. Bust this guy back out. But first, an ultra-quick review of the Constructive Eater's hierarchy with our trusty whiteboard of wisdom. <sighs> TM. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm in frame here. This is good. <clears throat> Enough! Enough! Literally getting adequate metabolizable carbon for what you need. Patterns. Structured eating, getting enough at regular and regulated intervals every day. Variety. <clears throat> Actually, balance. I went out of order. Man. Balance. Equitable and relevant to you distribution between the food groups. And variety. Man, I was just excited. Different foods and preparation methods further improving your mealtime reward and satisfaction. That's where we're at right now. And as you master... Well, I guess we can talk about novelty. I'm just really excited. Novelty is at the very top, or the least importance, which is fancy timing, immunomodulation, uh, bioactivity, performance, complica complicated stuff, okay? And as you master each level, your eating competence grows until you blossom into the constructive reader you were always meant to be, right? Bam, easy peasy. Okay, so here's what you are learning on today's episode. One, the five salient factors, or five salient benefits of cultivating your variety, three major reasons your variety suffers, and to overcome those adversities so that you can become a more competent, constructive, and rational eater. How about that? So a little bit of background first. Uh, increasing your food variety has like very little to do, very, very little to do with eating a variety of foods because like so many other maddening advices, this assigns the result you seek as the required intervention. Oh, you're fat, just be skinny. Oh, you're out of shape, just be fit. Oh, I'm just like, Ugh. What you want is different than how to get it. I just want to, you know, lay that out there, okay? <laughs> Cultivating variety has to do with identifying and addressing the obstacles stifling your food acceptance. Indeed, focusing on results is a dead end when compared to focusing your energy on solving the problems keeping you from your result. Before you hit the gas, you must first see if your foot is on the brake. And in a vast multitude of times, a vast majority, it is, okay? Variety is on Dr. Cashy's hierarchy of constructive eating for, well, a variety of reasons. Here are Dr. Cashy's five easiest to describe reasons in order of importance to him anyway. Okay? By having a larger array of solutions at your disposal, you have one, more rewarding and more satisfying food. Hmm. You have demolished cravings and eliminate impulsive eating. You'll always have a way to win when things go sideways. When? <laughs> you just have a, a huge array of solutions. 
You'll have more fluid transitions between social, cultural, and otherwise dynamic environments. And last and least, nutritional insurance. Okay, so let's get started with number one. Numero uno, greater food reward, how much you like your food and greater meal satisfaction, how content you are after a meal and how long you stay content. It just goes up straight up with a huge variety. It makes a massive difference. Number two, you wipe out cravings and defeat impulsive eating, especially when it's manifesting from the paycheck phenomenon. So see Dr. Cashy's episode on patterns for a more descriptive you know, analysis and critique and breakdown of that. By, by building the permission, discipline, and competence and trust, you end up knowing that you'll get enough for what you need, you'll get it regularly and purposefully, you'll have a solution to balance it perfectly every time, and you'll always have good options, getting more rewarding, more satisfying, and even fun meals. And yes, Dr. Cashy is conspicuously and boldly and proudly communicating how the constructive eater's hierarchy builds on itself. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Number three, you will always have a solution when things go sideways because anywhere there is food, you have a bona fide way to win. And absolute worst case, there's a difference between urgency and emergency. And if it's an emergency, dial 911. If it's urgent, you could probably wait, okay? Number four, you can fluidly transition through and continue progressing in new cultural environments, other dynamic social situations, doing and trying new things with confidence of knowing that everything is going according to plan, even when doing something new. I think that's pretty cool. And then last and, the, and of least practical importance, nutritional insurance. Communicated best when generalized uh, by the axiom, a little bit of everything keeps you alive and too much of anything will kill you. All right, so let's explore the problem a bit more. The problems are low food acceptance, and two, the tyrannical food police and other cult zealots with megaphones. And three, general ad negative attitudes towards food and eating. So let's address number one first, low food acceptance skills. This might be a little stimulating and spicy, okay? This goes back to when you were a youngin' and how you were raised to eat. To keep this simple and generalized, I can explain it thusly. I know that you see frequent claims that somebody hates a food or a list of foods. In many circumstances, it's because it was prepared or presented in a way that elicited some level of disgust, especially as a child and especially when that parent forced the child to eat it or tricked the child into eating it. And that child may have well been you. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, okay? Therefore, this food and other foods like it end up getting categorized on, on, on a no-go list effectively. Children throw fits when they are forced or tricked to eat foods that are strange to them, also known as picky eaters, and this only reinforces those sorts of behaviors through frustration, anxiety, and rebelliousness, okay? And this readily translates into most contemporary adulthoods. The picky eaters of the past are the bingy and particular eaters of the present. The difference is that adults will skip over anything that seems in remotely even remotely strange in favor of the short list of what are essentially safe foods for them that they, one, probably made as a child, and two, also probably binge on during times they're emotionally compromised reinforcing that reinforcing that loop okay number two number number two number two the tyrannical food police and other cult zealots with megaphones okay the results of listening to these authorities and zealots and food is toxic and poisonous and i have the answer that's clean and all that other crap um oh man it's a huge contributor to anxiety frustration rebelliousness and overwhelm 
let's put it this way. When you attempt to get to, to nutritionally balance mechanically, it's a quickly overwhelming and absurd endeavor to make sure you're getting enough pyridine three carboxylic acid in your diet. Am I right folks? Okay. The end result is that you rebel, throw your hands up and overwhelm and go back to what you were doing before, except now you feel bad about it. Number three, negative attitudes towards food and eating. Even though you've moved on from your childhood and or succeeded in ignoring major news outlets and zealots, uh, the seeds they planted still cause you to second guess everything you do, thereby prompting you to feel anxious, frustrated, and guilty for what you're eating poorly. Okay, And that chains into how you see yourself negatively. And this decreases the likelihood of trying new things. And if you try new things, it dramatically decreases the chance you'll enjoy them, which in turn would make it freaking miracle if you had full integration of any new thing. <laughs> Indeed, this starts the nasty self-perpetuating cognitive looping. When this happens, you continuously prove the observations about yourself are correct, thereby reinforcing your sabotaging behaviors. I got tons of fun videos on that and the other copy of the Cashy episodes. Make sure to check those out. Okay, so let's move toward a solution here. Cultivating variety and food acceptance, right? And see, let's see if we see this. Oh, we have the we have an epic whiteboard of wisdom now. Okay, so this since I ran out of room, my other one we're gonna go with here. Here's here's the solution, right? Toward a solution, cultivating food variety acceptance. One, let it happen instead of forcing it to happen. Thankfully, as an adult with low food acceptance, you can readily develop constructive food acceptance skills rationally by drawing on your permission, discipline, and newly acquired eating competence. In other words, making your way up Dr. Cash's constructive eater's hierarchy in proper sequence whoop, fosters food acceptance automatically, making it easier and lower risk to expose yourself to new and strange things. You get enough food in total. You have regular regulated meal patterns and you balance those meals logistically with satisfying foods you like. And when this happens, you start trying accepting and incorporating more things on accident, instinctively. It's fabulous, okay? Number two, with the other levels mastered, you have the integration of Continuous but neutral exposures, okay? Neutral exposures. Humans will only try new things if they feel comfortable enough to try them. Therefore, they will only accept, let alone integrate, new things when they try them. <laughs> this loops back to our previous episodes on resilience and graded exposure. If you treat this as any other adversity or hardship, which it is, even if it feels small or silly, then purposeful and graded exposure in a controlled environment is the single best way to foster food acceptance, thereby cultivating accidental variety. Dr. Fisher in the Journal of Pediatric Clinicals in North America showed this in children, showing that nearly two dozen neutral exposures is all you need to foster neutral acceptance. I think it's safe to say similar amounts of exposures are good for adults, since they're smart enough to try and outsmart themselves into staying consistent with their old previous beliefs. <laughs> okay? So here's three simple ways to keep it neutral-ish. Hopefully these will click, okay? You have enough, like for number one, you have enough, enough of the other acceptable foods you need to balance everything out if you decide to pass up on eating the new food. Two, you keep it neutral by trying, by, by trying something new and being mindful of any value judgments associated with it. Healthy, toxic, bad for me, right? Also by staying away from people, yes, staying away from people that are either pushing food on you, making fun of you for being apprehensive about the food, and by people who vocalize their distaste of the food you're eating. I call it yucking my yum right? Get that negativity out of your life, right? <laughs> Jeez. As a child in this situation, you were screwed. However, because these are all hilariously immature and negative reactions, you're better off eliminating them. And since you're an adult, now you can. 
This is how Dr. Cashy goes about fixing it. Then when you integrate these new things, then you can set new boundaries with those people who have a negative influence on how you feel and act, okay? And number three, you keep it neutral by preparing the food in multiple ways, giving you an opportunity to really objectively and honestly decide if you have a genuine aversion to the food or genuine distaste to the food, or if you were unlucky the first time or the first few times you tried it and it was prepared poorly. This is a this is this happens to everyone. I'll just say it flat out happens to everyone, where everyone thinks they have a food they hate, but the reality is that when they were exposed to it, it was prepared poorly, and then that soured, pun intended, their taste for that food forever until they tried it again, prepared in a different and or better way. So make sure to keep that in mind. It's a huge factor. And then last, this is about crafting your armor, crafting your rational armor against the impulsive, toxic toxic food fear mongers and the impulsive healthy eating tyrants okay like i've said many times before and i will continue to say it you did okay before they were in your life and you'll probably do okay after and a little bit of it, everything keeps you alive but too much of anything kills you okay <laughs> more options improve your chances of eating the right stuff and decreases the risks associated with eating the wrong stuff this means that you'll tick everybody off the toxic food fear mongers and the impulsive healthy eating tyrants but they're impulsive they're impulsive system one brained and you are now rational system two brained so <laughs> so let's summarize what we've learned here there are five salient benefits to cultivating food variety okay to improve food reward and meal satisfaction to wipe out cravings and defeat impulsive eating to always have another way when things go sideways for fluid integration and transitioning between different social situations, cultural situations, and other dynamic environments. And last, and of least practical importance, nutritional balance or nutritional insurance. Okay? There are three major reasons why food variety suffers. Poor food acceptance skills, the food police and other healthy eating, toxic food, clean eating, tyrant people, and general negative attitudes around food and eating. In conclusion, there are three major counters to each of these reasons. One. Letting it happen instead of forcing it to happen. Continuous but neutral exposure to new stuff and crafting armor, rational armor, against the impulsive toxic food fear mongers and impulsive healthy eating tyrants. Indeed, while everyone else's food and eating feelings are, are negative, like their, their behaviors are negatively driven by, by fear, guilt, shame, overwhelm, and frustration, you, by cultivating, embracing, and striving for variety, keeps you on the positive side and rewarding side of food and eating. That's a better side. Dr. Cashy thinks you should stay on that side. So if you're interested in becoming a constructive and rational eater, then tell Dr. Cashy by sending him a message and leaving him a comment because he gets back to all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out!